0: I'm Kate Janes and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. All right, good morning everyone and welcome back to the podcast, Your Adult Child, how to raise your kids so you don't have to raise your grandkids. I'm Kate Janes and today I have a A guest with me who's actually here every time we do this, but just usually not on this end of the mic. Our producer, John Woolley, has graciously accepted my invitation to be part of our discussion today. So, John, thank you for being here this morning. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun. Yeah, good. Well, and the reason I asked John to speak is because of our topic today is one that he has a lot of experience with and one that he's right in the middle of trying to figure out himself, even though his oldest is just a newborn baby. Um... Today we're going to talk about how to talk about your kid about religion. Um, We spent some time talking a little bit about being with them in their faith, but specifically religion and church. Um, We were just looking at the Gallup numbers, and for about 60 years, the percentage of Americans that went to church held steady around 70%, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But in the last 20 years, it's actually dropped 20 percentage points. Where now only 40 47 percent of Americans actually attend church or have a connection with a church or a religion. Uh, in particular, millennials and Gen Zs—they're below. I saw the numbers. They're below 36 percent. It's crazy. Yeah. So as you think about a teenager or young adult right now. Only thirty six percent of them are connected to a religion or a church, which means even if your kid is has been going to church and the church has been a part of your family, all their peers and mm. everybody that's around them are not going to be necessarily in that same space. In fact, the majority of them will have different views around church attendance and religion and you'll hear a lot more kids will say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Yeah. And so so anyways, John, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is you just spent a semester trying to create a space <laughs> where in particular teenagers, right? they yeah. 14 to 18 year olds were invited to study scriptures, pray, discuss spiritual topics, and then also just continue activity in their faith, in their religion. Um, You saw some things that were difficult in there. In fact, you expressed a little earlier one of the hardest parts. And would you say that again because I thought it was super important because I I know that parents struggle with the exact same thing you brought up. So what was the thing you saw as difficult in trying to invite those kids to participate? Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing that I um, struggled with,
1: there are lots of things. And I guess to explain a little bit about what it was, I, uh, I guess technically an internship. Basically, I was just a student teacher for a religious class. We studied the Bible, uh, the Old Testament specifically this year. And the Old Testament kind of lends itself to some of its own perks, I guess you could say, when you try to study it and learn from it. Um, But for me, I felt like the hardest part and the the biggest challenge that I ran into was relevancy. And they trained us a lot throughout it, uh, throughout the internship about the importance of relevance and making it relevant, how to make it relevant. So I knew that it was important and, and I would try different ways to practice it. But I probably the most frustrating thing about the whole experience was that I felt like if I didn't didn't nail the relevance piece at the beginning of a class, mm-hmm. then the whole lesson just, yeah.
0: just blew up in my face and They were with you, and, and it was tough. Yeah. 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 It was hard. Yeah. It is our teenagers are hard too because You know, they have so many blessings. They have so many things going for them. It's easy for them to be a little bit entitled around Mm -hmm. most things, right? And religion is definitely one of them. Where it's like, if you're not entertaining me. And, I mean, we could spend a lot of time on that, right? Like, if it's not entertaining, they have all these different forms of consumption that stimulate them. So, if you're not creating that that (laughs) level, right? Well, and entertainment is, you're exactly right. Because I felt like.
1: It, there were times where I used that exact word, as like when when I lesson prep for them, I felt like I I was an entertainer, yeah. and not so much a
0: that it was a requirement for them to be willing to give yeah. anything, to
1: which them. is uh, which is tough. I will say this: I I did teach. Um, so there are different age groups that I ended up teaching. the The high school age class, the high school classes were the main classes that I taught, but. Every once in a while, they'd ask me to come in and cover somebody's class who taught uh, the older group, people Mm -hmm. who were in college. And uh, it it tended to go a lot smoother. I didn't feel that entertainment piece as much when it was with young adult. No, that's
0: that's good. That's actually hits on two things you just said is something that will kind of wrap up today as far as thoughts I had on principles or or tips that you can rely on. But yeah, so I actually did the same thing you did. I did it for 11 years. I was in the classroom with those same age groups and felt a lot of the same things where there was days (laughs) where, you know, I helped train people who would teach as well. And there was one area, one group of teachers, these amazing older women, grandma age, just awesome, had done so much. And the kids, it had gotten to a point where the kids required food from these women every day or they Mm -hmm. just weren't showing up or they wouldn't participate in I showed up to some Like event. actual food, physical literal, food? Literal physical oh. food. In fact, I showed up to one event where they had a speaker there early in the morning, and they had it catered. And there was three different types of breakfast burritos available to these kids. Hmm. One was keto. One was non-dairy. One was just... Nor- and and half the kids there didn't even take one, and they were just kind of like, meh. <laughs> So one of, the, yeah, one of the things we run into, especially in America and the United States, is there's a lot of, uh, again, there's a lot of consumption, a lot of need to be entertained. And if it, you know, I, there's that movie, that I it. Are You Not Entertained? <laughs> After it chops everybody's heads off, sometimes you feel that way as a teacher, like, are you not entertained? What well, is a parent, I bet the parents will listen to, they've all felt this, right? Like. The kids oh, for have for these sure. high demands for stimulation and consumption. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I, As I was thinking about this, in religion in particular, because there's faith, right? And then our faith is usually dictated or influenced by whatever religion we've chosen. What faith means, how we lean into it, all that. So they go hand in hand. But in particular with religion, just a couple of thoughts around that that might be helpful for parents is um, you probably want to approach this the same way you would approach how you interact with your kid around their choices for marriage and school, hmm. right? Because it's one of those type of choices. You know, they say those big decisions you make before 25, that's moving back a little bit, but the who you're going to marry, what school you're going to go to, what job you're going to pick, and, and what religion you're going to be a part of or not be a part of is in that same vein of importance and decisions that they make. So some of the tips that we've given would help in all of that, you know, you, the biggest one being that you've got to remember, it it has to be your child's choice. Yeah. Anytime we force a decision on anyone else, whether it's in a fellow employee or a child, we've just, we've just messed with something that is really not ours to decide. Right. And. And one thing I'll say right now, when it comes to your kids and religion, just like eating and the influence you have on them, your, I wrote this down. So I wanted to, what you can require over time diminishes, right? So the older your kid gets, the less you can actually require of them in everything. That makes sense. Food, bedtime, and especially the religious decisions. But the power of your example increases. Nice. Over time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a lot of parents hate that they're losing the ability to force their kids to do things, but I want them (laughs) to realize, like, no, you're... You know, so the two main tips, I wanted to make this super simple today on how to help a parent know how to approach your kid about religion. Because if you are someone who's faithful in your religion, you're going to have strong feelings around that. And you're going to have some big sensitivities if your kids are a part of it or not, right? Yeah. That's a big... So... There's two things. They both start with L. One is live yours. In other words, live your religion, live your faith, and listen to theirs. Okay? And that's, there's a lot in both those, but I'll repeat those. So if you want to have, if you want to create a space where your kid feels safe and heard, but also is influenced towards the direction you'd like him to go, because there's nothing wrong with wanting your kid to be a part of your faith. That's another thing. I want to make sure that's very clear. Yeah. If you, know, if you have faith and you're attending in religion and it's making you a better person, there is nothing wrong with wanting your kid to be a part of that and inviting them to be a part of it. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, absolutely. But the invitation will only be effective if, one, you're living your faith in your religion. We see that a lot where a parent says, do as I say, not as I do. You can't do that with religion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I think it's interesting because me and my wife were actually just talking about this. Another um, another thing that I would see uh, within this the, this specific culture, I guess that yeah. that we're in, and how kids are brought up in religion, it almost feels like they're spoon fed everything that they need yeah. in the religion. And and my wife talked about friends that she had in college, who were, I I mean we we primarily talk in the context of Christian because yeah. like we're Christian and and the podcast is based around Christian uh, principles. Um, But she talked about friends that she had in college who were Christian, different denomination. But they they would say things like, well, they don't have my denomination here. So I I'm looking around at other churches to see which one uh, I want to go to or which one I want to pick. And my wife was always impressed with that because she she was like, these these people are put in a totally different situation than we grew up with, where they're 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 compelled to to go and explore on their own instead of just like, Hey, here it is. This is, this is for you and and to
0: reach a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it, and it's just given to them. That they, they make the conscious choices. Oh, like do I want this relationship with God? How am I going to seek it out? What kind of things can I do to uh, explore and find? And um, Absolutely. so we were even having that kind of conversation a couple of weeks ago. Like, how would we do that with our kids? I mean, Kate mentioned, you mentioned that, like our oldest is just brand newborn. So there's a lot about this situation that we don't understand yet (laughs) or that we haven't experienced. And we, and we know that, but we're like, I wonder how we would do that. What's the, what's the best way to go about let your kid explore. But obviously still in the back of your mind is this thought, Like, you feel really strongly about the way that you've chosen. So you you know know what that makes me think
0: of? It makes me think of a question that might be very helpful. One of the things parents do when opposition comes up and a kid might be exposed to something that's different or whatever, Uh what do most parents do in that scenario? What do they feel and how do they react? Right? When there's a chance, yeah, they freak out, right? It's scary and they freak out. Well, here's a question I've never asked before. We consider how does God feel when He sees His kids get the chance to face opposition? Does He, he freak out? No, no, I don't think He freaks no, out. No, he He's doesn't. probably excited. Yes, that's actually, and I'm I'm wired a little different. That's how I feel, and I found that with my kids now they're getting teenage years. I have found that my understanding of the role of opposition has actually made me excited when my daughters come home like my oldest has a teacher right now that he's been bagging on the church that we attend oh really yeah in class in school huh. and my daughter comes home and and she's like this guy's and i was like yes like good i'm like hey what tell me what are you feeling you know what are you thinking what would you respond yeah and that's where that second listen to theirs so live yours listen to theirs right so yeah, my daughter's technically part of my same religion, but we're in different places. So I, I can't assume that she's where I'm at. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, so let me. So the best thing I can do as a parent is listen to where she's at. It was so cool hearing my daughter who's been spoon fed her whole life. I mean, her dad for most of her life was a religious teacher. Right. Right. So talk yeah. about just it's around all the time and. So to have her have some opposition, to be uncomfortable. She told me how the other kids reacted. She told me there was a teacher's aide in there that they started to fight. She said the TA and this teacher fought the whole class period. Really? (laughs) I was just like, awesome. (laughs) No, so I think that's probably a big thing as a parent is try to see the opportunity for opposition the same way our heavenly parents see it. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and you talk about this all the time, comfort and, and we just hate being uncomfortable. So we try to do all these things to mm-hmm. avoid it. And then I think, I think that that's one of them because having to, having to explore your relationship with God and to watch your kid do it, it like the act of exploring and trying to figure out and understand this relationship with God takes a lot of effort. And there's a lot of discomfort that's involved with it. So to watch your kid do it, I can imagine is is uncomfortable to 100%. to watch it. But you know, what switches it switches it. Yeah.
0: What? When you have what you just described is when you have fear that your kid's gonna have to go through hard things. If you switch it with faith in them, mm-hmm. faith in the promptings they'll get, faith in God, that discomfort actually turns to excitement that's what does it Mm. when i taught for years and i would observe other teachers and train other teachers i saw a major mistake they would make that parents make um the teacher would play the wrong role Mm. how so well in a religious setting the best thing the best thing that leads to a conversion for a kid is they have to have their own experience with the scriptures right with the promptings of the holy ghost with prayer, with their Heavenly Father, and it needs to be their own. And when they were struggling with that, I'd see teachers do this all the time, the teacher would try and jump in and play those roles. Yeah. Like they would over-explain the Scripture instead yeah. of just saying, hey, <laughs> read this. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, I know because that's how I was for the first <laughs> yeah. probably two-thirds of yeah, the, this semester that I was teaching. Oh, I remember feeling the same way. Same way. But it, um, I feel like it's... That was probably one of the biggest things that I'm grateful that I learned is that it's not like I had heard that all my life. Like, you're not the real teacher. The scriptures are the teacher. The Holy Ghost teaches. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, yeah, but I kind of am like I'm the one saying the (laughs) word. But I learned that for sure just over the course of teaching these classes is it's like you can say and do all you want, but nothing replaces reading from the word nothing replaces their own experience that they have with god when they pray when they learn and and then i feel like it it, like you said it just totally shifts the responsibility and i would imagine that it's the same for parents i haven't been in that situation but then it's just more about like setting it up they always use the analogy of volleyball like you're the setter so that they can
0: yeah spike it and make the play well what it's doing is putting accountability where it belongs. Because that's the other thing is we, when we take on inappropriate accountability or responsibility, when we think we're, when we play the wrong roles Mm -hmm. and we're completely taken away. And how many of us have had an experience where we wanted to do something and some adult stepped in and did it for us? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like all of us. And so this is one of those principles and scenarios. So when it comes to your religion, I have, I have a couple examples where I ran into parents during the years I was teaching that really popped into my head on this that I just think I'd like to share for this. One day we had a kid who in our class, he was only a freshman, but he was probably as spiritually mature as any kid I'd ever taught. Mm-hmm. He was 15 years old. He knew the scriptures inside and out. He was very kind. He could relate. He could always apply scriptural truths with real life stuff. And one day family scripture study came up and like how often to do it and all that. And he says... Somebody asked him and he says, Oh, we don't, we don't do family scripture study at my house. And everyone went quiet because (laughs) we're like, wait, how do you, you know? And he goes, Oh, we don't, we don't study the scriptures. We use the scriptures. And all of us were just like, Oh, and I knew what he meant, but I wanted him to explain more. So I'm like, Hey, what do you mean? He goes, well, when my family has an issue, we pull our scriptures out and look for an answer. And it was like, and as a dad, I had young, young kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, his parents hit a home. You know, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. ever jealous of parents, but in that moment, I was just flabbergasted by how effectively they had put scriptures into their family. Yeah. And they didn't do scripture study they they studied scriptures but it was with the intent to find solutions to yeah come together like
1: which i think we get caught up on and like anybody that studies scriptures i just imagine that it's hard for all of us to fall into this tendency we just think like start at the beginning and we read through the end and then once we're done we do it again but i've i found in my life the few times that i've been able to really utilize scripture study as a tool it's It's not because I'm just reading the next chapter in chronological order, but it's because I'm I'm trying to find these questions or the answers to these questions that are in my mind. Okay,
0: so now this is how this connects to religion. Okay, Are you using your church as a platform to serve others and connect with God, or are you just going to check it off the list? And whatever your answer is to that, your kids can see it and feel it. Yeah, And so... I'll bet in this home where this kid said that his own parents already were doing that individually of using the scriptures to find solutions. And so it's really natural for them to invite their kids to participate with them in that. If you want your kid to participate in your religion, they need to see and feel that that's a place and a space that you use to connect and serve others and connect with God. And then they'll be invited to come.
1: Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, when it comes yeah. down to it, that is the whole point of the, that is. of everything is to connect with God. and.
0: Well, and that's how the and Savior rolled, right? Like, do as right. I say. Like, just follow my example, and then you'll get there. Do what I do. Love others. Connect with them. Listen to God. The sep- yeah. second example I think of is I had a dad came in, and again, his daughter was one of my best students. She was young. She was his junior, I think, that year, so she was getting ready for school. And she didn't want to go to the church-owned school that he went to, and he was wigging out he's having a hard time with it right he's like and she would tell me almost every day my dad's really on my case and he finally came in and said hey can I talk to you and he wanted me to help influence his daughter (laughs) push her to the school which by the way the school I went to also which I loved so I understood where he was coming from but he's like yeah you gotta and I finally had an experience with him he came in my office and I knew at that point it was the best thing to do is to ask the right questions and then listen, right? So I asked him, I said, well, what was, what was it about your experience at BYU? It was at BYU, Brigham Young University in Provo. I said, what was it about your experience that you want your daughter to have so bad? Well, he went on to explain how between his roommates and the environment and everything, that's actually where he met God and felt connected to God. And he wanted his daughter to have that so bad. And I, I finally looked at him, I said... Your daughter already has that type of relationship with God and his face completely changed. He was like, oh, my gosh, she does. Doesn't she? I'm like, dude, she doesn't. She's already there where what you're describing. She's not got everything figured out, but what you're describing, she's already there and you know it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, she really does. I said, yeah, imagine her taking that testimony, that influence and going to school she wants to go to where there's not a lot of members. Think of the influence she'll have. He was like, holy cow. So the principle behind this is this. okay, your kid is going to be where they're going to be. They don't need to be where you're at. See, and in this case, the girl is actually further ahead than the dad. The kid, Every kid needs to go and figure, they really do need to figure this out themselves. And so when it comes to your religion, their feelings about it is going to be where it's going to be. And so just let that be and be hopeful and optimistic that life will, will get them there.
1: I think that's awesome. And I think my last thought, the only thought that I had on that was you talk about putting the responsibility where it goes. I think a lot of times we tend to put responsibility on other things. We think it's like the school Yes. Or, or something else that's going to provide this relationship with God that we want you know, I hear all have. the time
0: too I hear people they'll hear something good and they like oh this person's got to hear this yeah. <laughs> I'll have parents say I'll have parents I'm working with kids and they'll say hey I'll have a conversation with them and they'll be like oh would you share that with my kid and yeah. that doesn't work yeah
1: instead yeah. of putting their responsibility on choices our choices yeah. ourselves as an individual and then letting others have their own
0: absolutely well, we hope this conversation today has been beneficial for you and uh, just remember when it comes to your religion, if you want to help your kids be influenced towards it in any way, live it, live your religion, and then listen to theirs, whatever it is, wherever it is, and then they'll feel safe and connected with you. And what I found happened over the years when I, if I don't push, but I live it and I do what I'm supposed to, I find that my kids and other people's kids and other adults even come to me and say, hey... What would you recommend in this situation? And that's the perfect time to invite them to step more into religion. You know, invite them to spend some time in scriptures, to spend time at church serving other people and making covenants with God and performing ordinances and do all the things that church provides. And that's when it's the most effective invitation is when they reach out and they're looking for it. So, until next time, John. Thank you again. We'll probably pull you in again at some point. You did awesome today. Appreciate you. Always your insights, yeah, your insights and your presence. And until next time, uh, remember the only way you fail is if you quit trying. And uh, keep going.